What's up, everybody? This is, let me turn my, because I hear myself talking. This is Exposed, Episode 7, and I have a very special guest here. I try to keep my guests private so they don't have to deal with weirdos on the internet. Scott the Waz. And Scott, let them know real quick, this is not in a video or a live stream exposing you. <laughs> I don't know, man. We can we can dig deep back into, like, I'm like 22 right now, so I'm pretty young. So if you go back 10 years, I probably did some really dumb stuff as a 12 year old well i did maybe some, i'm 38 and i did some <laughs> dumb stuff last week so don't feel bad yeah so well, I, every, every, sure if you dig deep, you can find something no but. everyone was freaking out and they, my, my podcast is called exposed and i had scott the wise are like what did scott do why are you exposing i'm like no 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 i he, he, that's my podcast that's what it's called i'm not exposing uh, scott so and i wish i wish i did stuff like that my life would be a whole lot more interesting if i did controversial stuff every day Oh, uh, no, no. Then you would become an ECN and you don't want to do that. So, oh, well. So, Scott, I, one thing I just want to let people know is that the reason why I keep guests private is because there's weirdos out there. I'm sure you know this by now, Scott. We were just talking about it. And I don't want anyone knowing who I have on until they're on here. But the reason why, Scott, I've been watching your stuff for a while. And well, thank it's you. Awesome. I've, been, I've been watching your stuff for a while. I know. I, I was I probably, shocked. I'm so- um, I think I probably like 2013 or so. Oh, God. You've been watching me I've for watched, a long time. I've watched a lot of YouTubers for a long time. So <laughs> you were watching. Uh, I, I just I just remember a lot of bitching about the Wii U and Nintendo and <laughs> all that stuff. Uh, I remember a lot of that. Uh, but I, I've been consistently watching for since around then, I'd say. Wow, you were watching me when I was still relevant. That's amazing. It, <laughs> it, it it's just a, it's amazing because you started. What did you start? Like 2016, from when I was looking at your channel. Um. Well, I mean, like, would you would you say like when did I start video production or this current like sp- like thing I'm in right now? Because like I've been. I've been making videos since like 2007 or so. Like I've, 2007. I've been, Holy shit. I, I've been posting random stuff to YouTube back then. And I, I deleted a lot of my channels back then because I thought my parents would get angry at me because I was under 13 and I had a YouTube channel. And in retrospect, I realized they, they wouldn't know at all. Like they probably wouldn't care. But uh, I've, I've been making stuff since then. But uh, yeah, the, the current state of the channel, that's uh, I, I started posting kind of like general stuff in 2016 um and then 2017 was when i kind of started with the with the video game weekly stuff yeah and you blew up fairly quick it was it was pretty amazing because from the earliest stuff that i've watched from you you kind of you kind of just took off the ground running which especially when did you start like seriously doing youtube you know um, well, like I said, like I, I've been kind of doing this kind of stuff since like three years now. And, um, you know, it's always been a medium that's, that's always been interesting to me. It's yeah, like ever since I was a kid, when I was a kid, I wanted to be like an animator and I wanted to like make my own shows or movies and stuff like that. And that's generally been kind of like the same idea going forward. I kind of shifted from animation to just like straight up. I wanted to make videos. And like when I started watching stuff like uh, Screw Attack and game trailers and uh, and Cinemassacre and stuff like that back in like 2008, I'd say is when I was uh, first introduced to that kind of stuff. Um, that's that's I was just like, man, I really want to do that. Like that was super cool to me. 
Um, and I, I just kept making videos and I never really tried video game stuff until like 2017 and 2016 was when, uh, I, I kind of took a break from videos for a bit. You know, I had a lot of YouTube channels prior and, uh, I would just do a bunch of random stuff. I would do school projects with friends and I would post them there and, you know, I, I never really got anywhere. And whenever, when I would get somewhere, like a video would do like really well, it would be dislike bombarded. And like, I, I totally understand because I was like, what, like 15 when I made those, those videos were garbage and like, they totally deserve to get disliked, you know, all those older, all the older stuff that I did. Um, but around 2016, I kind of started to come into my own with like my writing style and like how I could do videos. I, I felt, I finally felt really confident with what I could do in terms of just like editing and video making and like acting and writing and stuff like that. And I decided like, um, you know, I, I made like a few random things, like, uh, just some random videos in 2016. And then in 2017, I was kind of like, I wanted to make YouTube kind of like the main, my main hobby from there on forth. And I was kind of like, well, I, I rediscovered kind of like my love for video production in 2016. And I was like, I want to continue this. I never want to get rusty, you know? And I never, I just wanted to continue doing stuff. I wanted to continue making videos. So I set kind of like a, uh, a goal for me in 2017 where I was like, I'm just going to try to make a, a video game related show where I just talk about games uh, every single week. And I did that for the entirety of 2017. And at the end of 2017 is when, um, is when the channel started to gain a lot of traction. Um, um, uh, like some people like uh, the Twitch streamer Connor Eats Pants and the YouTuber Relax Relax, they both discovered me and uh, they kind of helped my channel out by like just showcasing my stuff to uh, to their audiences. And after that, like the, the channel just snowballed. And I'm really, really fortunate for where it's at today because I, I haven't really stopped ever since. It's been it's been weekly ever since with like one break per year. Wow. And that must and you put insane production value into your videos thank you one thing that that is interesting about you and i think it's kind of you have the right thing that a lot of people don't have and it kind of reminds me of filthy frank here's the thing i'm i'm 38 years old i could be your dad but you (laughs) you had me when uh I'm trying to. You had me when you were 16. With 16, okay, that, that's that's understandable. Yeah. Fun fact: I have I have a I have a brother who's 17. I was an only child till I was 21. Which, but anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 surprise, but yeah. you your humor and the way your videos come across, you like you could appeal to someone who's older like me and someone who also is like 13. It's incredible and. and is that do you do that on purpose to make sure you have a wide audience or is that just naturally your humor? Obviously, it, it's your humor. But is that like, do you try to have a wide, wide audience? Do you think of that when you put together scripts or? Um, well, well, thank you very much. Um, I, I I'm very picky when I write and I, I, I have like, I don't know, like I, I, I think how I write my videos is different from how a lot of other YouTubers work. Um, because I, I have kind of the mentality where it's still a YouTube video, but I do kind of like to, I, I do like it to have kind of its own little, to, for these videos to exist in their own little world somehow. Like I have like an unwritten rule in my videos where I never mention the fact that I have a YouTube channel where it's always kind of like, 
I don't know. I'm breaking the fourth wall by talking to the audience, but I'm never like, yeah, and on my YouTube channel, you can see this and stuff like that. Um, I, I always keep it kind of like existing in its own world. And like another, like when I'm writing, I do that. And I also think like, even though um, like a lot of things in video gaming and are, I don't know, like kind of like, you know, people who watch these videos, they know a lot of this stuff. Like, I, I feel like too many uh, videos online kind of uh, say, like, oh, if you mention, like, Mario 2, you might go, well, everybody knows the deal with that game. And I'm like, yeah, a lot of people watching know the deal with that game. But I do like to make sure that the writing encompasses every... And, and it can appeal to everybody and people who might just be starting out learning gaming history and might be just starting with these videos. So I like to at least kind of, like put in a one little sentence quick summary of this like oh mario 2 was doki doki panic and the original mario 2 never like uh was too hard for uh, everybody else and stuff like that um and that kind of translates over to the humor where i i generally don't like to do humor that's um really focused on like context like you really need to be in the know of video game news to get this i, I like the humor to be more like it would work in any video, not just gaming related. And I've noticed that. I, I, I like it to feel like that. And even if I want to do video game related humor, I like it to be stuff that anybody would kind of understand or at least explain the context beforehand. So generally like the way I write my videos is very like in it, it, it's, it exists in its own little world. And I like to make sure that, um, everything kind of, uh, it it appeals to a wide audience, like you said. How long is the writing process for you? I so, say, you know, you're trying to do stuff weekly. I know you just took a break because that I understand why you would take a break because that must be an insane amount of work. But like, okay, so you come up with an idea from script to completion, at least of the script. How long does that take you? Um. Well, over a break, I generally get started on a bunch of different things here and there um but a lot of the times it it generally takes like a couple days it it probably takes like two three days maybe to write a full video um and that even includes like the super long one sometimes i just go on a tangent and i just keep writing it's one of those things where like um if you really do like writing and you really and you really want to talk about something like I can, I can just go on and on about stupid stuff and just write. And like, I look back and I'm like, Oh wow, that's 10 pages long. And it ends up being like a 30 minute long video. And I'm like, yeah, I, I did this to myself. This is, this is hell. But I've um, done that before too. Yeah. It's like, like I recently did a video about uh 3ds rumors and that turned out to be 35 minutes long. I didn't want it to be 35 minutes long, but it, that's just how it ended up being. Um, but generally speaking, the writing, the writing generally takes about three days um, for like the more original videos, because there are more like original kind of skit heavy videos. Those, those have a longer start to them. Like, like it, it takes longer to uh, try to conceptualize like more of an original idea. Um, but then editing those is, is way easier because like, I don't have to, I don't have to take all this different gaming footage from all these different places. And I don't have to like worry about, Oh, what'll go here? What'll go there. Um, the gaming stuff is way easier to get like a kickstart to writing, but then um, editing those is is hell. That is, yep. it's it's so I know. much stuff. Yeah, it's like because like I have to like um like when it's a review, it's it's tolerable. It's like okay, I just have to take you know all this footage I did and just 
just put them all like where the audio goes, whatever. Um, and there's some like fancier edits with those, but then like the more like, I don't know, general topic videos where like, it's not as like when I record the audio, sometimes it's not as understandable, like what should be on screen when I'm talking and those like, I waste so much time trying to figure out like what should go on screen here, what should go on screen there. The more original videos take longer to write, but are shorter to edit. And the gaming videos, eh, about two, three days to write. And uh, those those are just ridiculous to edit sometimes. Because when you have to find, like, if you're trying to find a specific thing in a specific game at a specific level, it's like, especially if you record yeah. all the footage, it's like, mm-hmm. it, it's like you try to find a needle in a haystack full of a bunch of needles. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I save all my footage. So going back to like footage from like 2017, I recorded and trying to find like the specific part. And it's if it's if it's blah, blah, blah. if it's from a game that I might not have been that passionate about and I don't remember that well, it is it is ridiculous. Like there are sometimes when I'm like I like I have no idea like where this part is because it's like two hour chunks of footage, and uh, sometimes it's just really hard to find that one specific part. Uh, and sometimes I just I just say screw it and I just throw up random footage from a game. Uh, but you know, I mean, it's <laughs> I've done that too, man. Because it's just like you're like, okay, this video is going to be out like three days later from now for, for me not finding this one piece of footage, or I could just put this random piece of footage and save a whole bunch of time, you know, and it won't mm-hmm. really hurt the production value of the video. Yeah, I will say that's like that's one of my favorite things I've done is save all my footage because that saves so much time because i have just a database of thousands of like pieces of uh footage from games that like i've just recorded over the past three years on like a 12 terabyte hard drive and it is i was about to say it, are you, is that up in the cloud or is that like you have just no it's 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 underneath my desk right here it's uh it's so convenient because like I, like I know a lot of people who do these types of videos um, will just go online and just like quickly grab footage. And I'm like, you know, like whatever. I don't care if people do that, but I, I like, I like to do it on my own. I like to have my own footage. I like, I like having the viewer know that what they're viewing is done by me. Um, so, and like when it's not done by me, there's like an indicator of it. Like whenever it's like a trailer or gameplay that wasn't done by me, there's like a red border around the screen. But um, when I'm editing, it is just so convenient to just immediately just pull up my hard drive and just, you know, I, I organize everything and just go down to like through alphabetical and find the piece of footage. It saves so much time. And it, you know what, too? It, you, I could tell. I don't personally care either if someone goes to another YouTube channel and grabs footage mm-hmm. for a game. I don't think it's a big deal. But when I watch a video... I could tell, and I'm going to get super nerdy right now. I could see by like the compression artifacts, like yeah, you grabbed that footage. Yeah, like you could just yeah, tell yeah. what when someone's yeah. jacking footage. And it's like it's it's totally understandable. Like I I, I don't care, but it's also like when when you when you edit videos, you start to notice those little things. Um, and like e- even when like other YouTubers get editors, like I can I can tell when it happens because like I can just tell by little uh little intricacies in their edits or like little animations. I'm like that somebody new is editing this, uh, this video and stuff like that. Um, but like I said, like it, it honestly is like, it's, it's smarter to do like just pull stuff online offline. Uh, but at least this way I don't have to worry about downloading and I don't have to worry about finding a specific thing because I kind of know off the top of my head, like, Oh yeah, I did record that footage or, Oh yeah, I did. 
I did play through that game and stuff like that. So that that's like that saves me so much time. And I started doing that near the end of 2017. And it's having the footage right there too is it's just so much easier and it's a stress it's a lifesaver sometimes because there is sometimes you just can't find the damn footage like it's just not Mm -hmm. there you know yeah so Mm -hmm. i'll let you go i'm sorry that's one thing about the delay with lives with uh, discord uh yeah it's just um i i I don't know it's just like one of those things that i kind of like it it's like one of those stupid things that i'm like i I pride myself with where I'm like, I, I try to use as much as my own footage as possible. It's kind of the same with like editing my own videos because I've, I've edited all the videos on my channel and, uh, like I, it's way smarter to hire an editor. And like, I think that would be like the smartest thing I could do, but I'm also like, I kind of like to feel more like these videos are my babies (laughs) or something. Like I, I just like Mm -hmm. to feel like every video is my own and I feel like if I would hire an editor, then um, then I, I wouldn't feel that as like these videos would become kind of like just like mass produced and I, I wouldn't care about them as much. Um, I, I kind of like to be in control of the timing and be in control of everything. And when I put out a video, I kind of like their feeling. I, I kind of like to feel like there's more there's more I have to put into it here. I'm sorry. Am I still there? My computer went to sleep. <laughs> yes, you are still here. You're perfectly okay. fine. You know, okay. it's it's funny you mentioning that about the editor because i had an editor this said person was great no ill Mm -hmm. will towards the guy he was fantastic but that was a big part of the reason that i let the person go was because there's just sometimes where i'm doing a video even with my news stories where i think of if i'm thinking of like a piece of humor or some or something just pops in my head like i can't drive down to the guy or call him like imagine how annoying that would be and it's just like sometimes while you're on the fly and i'm sure you do this when you edit too you just think of something hmm if i put this in it'll make the video better or it'll make it funnier if i change this whereas Mm -hmm. you the guy i had who was he was very talented you know there i have no like i said i would recommend him in a heartbeat but there's that disconnect where it's like all right here's the footage you know do which and you miss out on things you just can't even like until you're in front of, I don't know what software you use, but if, until I'm in front of Vegas, I can't even think of. Yeah, it's also like you you catch problems and stuff like that, and uh, I don't I don't know, like I, I I just like to feel like you know I'm putting I I, I really just like to feel like I'm making these videos myself because I do feel like that's kind of like that is the the core of YouTube, you know that that's the entire point of YouTube, and while it's way smarter to like get a team working with you. Um, I just, I just feel like I like to keep that essence of YouTube alive where I like my videos to have like a good production value, but I also like having them like, like, like have this DIY feel to them where they do still feel homemade and they do still feel like it's just some guy in his bedroom. Um, but I also like to make sure they are of good quality and they could, they could like be, made by a team, but they, they're also, you do have that homegrown feel to them. And it shows too, because you could see that you really are in control of what you're doing and you could see that your humor is throughout them. And like, if you had a team, cause I've noticed that with other people too, where you could, you could just tell where they go from one person 
to 10. And sometimes you have to. I understand that. I, I, and I always say to him, I'm sure my channel could have expanded even more if I had a team of people and a production team. But there's something that gets lost in that translation. So that was interesting that you brought that up. Yeah, it's always been like, like, like I said, I'm 22 and I'm still in college. And, uh, you know, I'm, I have like all my friends and my friends help out with videos all the time and they're great. Um, and I always think it would be really, really cool and awesome because some of my friends have like terrible jobs. They don't want to, they don't like working their jobs or uh, they don't know what they want to do. And I keep thinking it would be amazing to like run out an office and hire my friends and we could all work on videos together. But then I think, but then I'm going to be my friend's boss and then mm-hmm. I'm going to yeah, then I'm going to make these videos more of just a corporate business thing, and, and like nothing against people who like do that because like th- like they're being smart, like they're they're just straight up being smart by like running out an office and making these videos like like an entire business. But I like to keep these like I just feel like if I would make this channel a business, then um it. According to the IRS, it is a business, but um, it's if if I make it too much of a business, then it's it's going to lose a lot of its appeal. Even though my friends still help out with videos, like they'll be in my videos every now and then, and like they'll help me out like getting gameplay every now and then, um, and they'll help me like film sometimes. But like I just don't want it to lose that feel, and I just I don't want to be like my friend's boss, you know, and stuff like that. You don't want to hire friends. Yeah. I've learned from yeah. take it from a guy who has made that mistake since I was your age. You don't. If I, I feel like Grandpa Rich right now, but it's true though because once you tie together friendship and business, it. it, it you lose well, friends. It's, yeah. You lose friends. It's hard. It's hard to tell them like, "Oh, you can't do this. You have to do this." Or it's hard to like lay down the law with them. Or it's just it's just hard to tell them like, "Hey, I know this is just a stupid YouTube video we're making, but you need to you need to come here on time." I I would just I like what I'm doing here. Where like every now and then I'll just text my friends and I'll be like, "Hey, if you want to help out with a video, uh, you can. I'll buy you dinner afterwards and stuff like that." Uh, I at least try to repay them in some way. That's what um, I do. Yep. And like, it's only when like they, they want to, and they, they always want to, and they're great. Um, but you know, like I, I just, I, I just don't want the channel to become like this artificial feeling of like, Oh, I, I hired my friends and we, we run this business. So we, we try it. We, we pretended to have fun here and stuff like that. I, I want it to be like, you know, like these videos are just us having fun or me having fun or whatever. And, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like that feeling has kind of gone away from some YouTube channels here. And oh, there. my God. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it just it's it gets too corporate and it gets too business. And again, like I, I don't like I don't care. Like if, pe- if people want to do that, I'm like, that's that's smart. But, you know, like it's just it's just how I decide to run my channel personally. It's funny you said the thing about like losing friends, and, and I'm still he's one of my closest friends. I didn't lose friends with this guy because I know people are going to think I'm a dick after telling this story. <laughs> um, I had a friend who wanted to come on, and he was going to do like the thumbnails and kind of be do the um, whatever it's called optimization for your channel, where you make sure mm-hmm. algorithm whatever the hell it is, it doesn't matter. So I made him a manager on my YouTube channel, and all of a sudden, everyone's going to me on Twitter. Rich, why the fuck are you watching all these weird kitty videos? What the hell is the? <laughs> are you a pedo? What the hell is going on? And I'm like, mm-hmm. 
what? I didn't even realize that my, my, my watch history was public first. And I'm looking through and I'm like, yeah, what the hell is it? Like, did someone hack my account or something? What happened was, is he put, he, he signed in as a manager on his iPad and his three-year-old was using the iPad to watch YouTube videos. So everyone, so it was synced up to my <laughs> account. So everyone thought that I was some big freaking creeper. So I fucking, this is why I don't want to manage it, but I lost it on it. I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You're not my manager on there anymore. People now think I'm like a pedophile. What are you doing? So that's what I'm saying. Like, and he's one of my closest friends. He, I, I, he's like my brother. Okay. So mm-hmm. for everyone out there, I'm still friends with him. It didn't end, it didn't end bad, but yeah, that's Scott is 110% right for wanting to do this solo because there's a perfect example. Something you hit me, your friend may have end up having a kid and they may make think you're a creeper because they're watching weird videos on your YouTube account. And I mean, I haven't had that happen yet, but uh, I'm looking forward <laughs> to it eventually happening. <laughs> it, I, I feel like it happens with everybody on YouTube at some point. Well, that, um, like you said, too, it's a business, you know, and mm-hmm. when you start bringing on other people it's and then you're there your friends and it's awkward because they're like all right i know i should get pissed at this person right now but it's tough to get pissed at them because i was just having a beer with them yesterday you know mm-hmm. so yeah yeah that's it's just like i don't know, like i keep thinking like i'm just like that would be really cool to do but i i, I need to keep this like to like a one-man thing and then like when I need when I need help, when I want to commission people to do like animation or music and stuff like that, then I bring people on. But I, I also do like the feeling that for the majority of the videos, it's just me making them. And I, I feel like that just kind of makes it feel a little more. I don't know. I, I like to kind of bring back that old era of YouTube, like, uh, you know, 2008, 2000, like 11, 12 around then, because um, I miss that era. It was it was fun back then. Um, and now it's just, it, it's, it's gotten a lot more complicated and I still watch a ton of YouTube, but, uh, I, I, I specifically like to kind of go back to that era. And I think that's part of the appeal of your videos too, is that they have that, that f- it feels like now, and look, I do gaming news, so I'm, I'm guilty of this as well to keep up with the most relevant thing. Like your videos have that evergreen feel that a lot more videos had back then. You know, and I know you're wildly successful on YouTube and you, you, you get a bunch of views, but it feels like it's that genuine content where there wasn't everyone reaching for that. Ult- oh, I want to get a million views a video or I want to get this or I want to get that. Like, I feel like you'd be if you were getting a thousand views a video, you'd be still making the same stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, like I, I made the same stuff for a year when nobody was watching um, back in 2017 um, and the the style of like the evergreen stuff kind of it honestly kind of uh came out of like limitations and necessity because the first few videos the first few video game related videos i did were about like the nintendo switch because that was around the time uh the switch like the the presentation was going to happen in january of 2017 and the switch was about to come out and stuff like that and i thought about like those are the first two videos that i did and the problem with that was that those videos were outdated like a week in a week, you know? And I thought like, okay, well, nobody's watching me now. So the fact that these videos, you know, are outdated super quickly, that means nobody's ever going to watch them, you know, 
again, like later on, you know, like there, there are some weird people like me who like to go back and watch old stuff where it's just like, oh, let's predict what happens at E3 2015 or stuff like that. Did you really uh, lose, did you really lose, I mean, I sorry, I mean to cut you off, but like that, I think that because of the kind of content where you're talking about the Wii U and the transition to the Switch that you would still get the views. Did you still get a lot, you still got a lot of views on those videos probably, right? Well, I mean, retrospectively, yes. Uh, I, the, those videos, like looking back, like I'm, I'm happy with where they're at because like they're pretty much most videos on the channel. I think all of them, except for like probably one have like over a hundred thousand views. And that's like, I, I, I never, I, I don't like to think about it because it's, it's, it's weird to think about because I, I, I spent the majority of my life making videos that would get 50 views each. So I kind I, I like to kind of maintain that feeling of like, just just make a video with the idea that only 50 people are going to watch it um but th- those videos like those videos yes they got views in retrospect like oh like what do i want to see out of the nintendo switch but like th- like they're only getting views out in retrospect because people are like watching the new stuff and they want to see like what the older stuff was like um i started to make more like videos that were more they they wouldn't get outdated for a while um after that because like i don't know i i couldn't make like i I couldn't make game reviews at the time because i didn't have a capture card yet so i started just making videos about random topics in gaming like console wars or like uh physical games versus digital games and stuff like that um and i i just uh i just did that um out of necessity and the fact that like i realized like i should probably just start making like topics about like random stuff in gaming that won't get outdated and that's specifically how i write a lot of these videos because i see a lot of people write videos where like let's say um you know when breath of the wild 2 comes out uh somebody will talk about breath of the wild 1 and like when they when they write the video they'll go uh and with breath of the wild 2 coming out and i'm like that's gonna date the video in a in like a month if, yep. if, if the video comes out if the game comes out a month uh after the video comes out and I'm like, I, I specifically avoid writing stuff like that. Um, and I, I just like to make sure that these videos have a long shelf life because I realized, like, you know, when you're not getting a lot of views, making the topical content is kind of like, I don't know, like that video, those videos are, aren't really going to like take off like after like a week of their release, you know? And what's smart is like things, for example, like the 3DS rumor video you just did, people are... 10 years from now, people are going to want to see that, you know, mm-hmm. and what you said about not bringing up topical in terms of dating the video is brilliant because Nintendo, everything Nintendo mostly makes, well, even the stuff they, that's terrible too. I have a, a broken, uh, uh, what the hell is it called? Their 3d console. I can't think of virtual boy, and virtual boy, yeah. everyone. It doesn't, I was pissed. I was all psyched about it. It's a complete in box. And then one of the sides doesn't work on it, but yeah, there's a, there's a game store near me that had one, but the, one of the eyes doesn't work or that's something. That's with mine. It's just like, yeah, for $400, I was just like, <laughs> they was, they oh, still oh, wanted 400 bucks for it. Yeah. Well, it was in box and stuff. The box was in like eh, condition, but I was like, mm. I don't know. Maybe someday. But. My my fr- my friend gave it to me. It's actually like it looks in perfect shape, but it smells like grandma's mm-hmm. attic. But I well, went to- it's more of a display piece, anyway. So I want to use it, man. I mean, I I, I, I want to use. I've never actually used the Virtual Boy, so I, I I really do actually want to. Fun fact: I actually, when Nintendo gave up on it, 
my mom got me one when they were going for like 1999 with, and she mm-hmm. got like four games with it. <laughs> but, uh, point being though, is that the things you talk about, like whether it be next week or in 2027, people are going to want, people are always going to have an interest in the 3DS people, even though the Wii U was a failure, people are always going to have an interest in the Wii U. So mm-hmm. your video, are- it's, it's kind of like even though the wii u was a failure it's i don't know it's just i i feel like making topics like i i always see people talking about on youtube um like oh you have to do this to be relevant on youtube and stuff like that and i always disagree with everything they always say is like a must on youtube and stuff like that like I, I don't know. Like I, I don't follow anything. I, I do things on my videos that I think make sense on YouTube. Um, and it, it was never like, I don't know. I, I never like think too hard about it. I'm just like, Oh, like I put myself on the thumbnail on the right side of the screen because I'm like, well, I'm on the right side of the screen in the videos. And also that's where the timestamp is. So I'd rather have the timestamp covering up the lower half of my body than covering up like one of the one of the main point focal points of the video, which is like the stuff on the left hand side uh, and stuff like that, um, like that. That's usually just what I think. Um, but like, I'll see people go like, "Oh, you have to do like daily videos, and you have to do it on the the hottest games right now, and you have to do it where the videos are over ten minutes long and stuff like that." And like a lot of that stuff helps, I guess, but it's never it's not a necessity, and like you can you can make videos work. Like I'm surprised that I made, I made a video about like a European exclusive Wii game, like that nobody talks about anymore. And it, it, it did really well. And like, it got over like 600,000 views. And I was like, I don't know how, but it Be- did. Because so, you've built up an audience that they, you, you don't have to worry about an algorithm. You don't have to worry about talking about, the most current thing because people know it's kind of like you you've done what John Tron does and other people have done where they know, okay, it's going to be a good video because it's done by him. They don't care about the topic and you've just built up a level of quality where people are like, all right, I know it's a Scott, the Waz video. I know I'm going to like it. I'm going to click on it. And that's why, I mean, you're, I've seen a lot of your videos. You get more views than subscribers and most 99.9% of YouTubers don't PewDiePie doesn't even do that. So, you know, and I'm not sitting here trying to, you know, I'm just telling you how it is. And I think that's the reason why, because once you have that, like, again, John Tron is another one. I think he's hilarious. And I noticed some similarities in humor between you. He's a little more foul mouth than you or actually a lot more, but that's, that's his humor, but it works. You know what I mean? So that's yeah, what I think um, works for you. Well, thank you. I, I'm very, I'm very fortunate. I'm in the position I am in because like I, I would have been, I would have been happy at two hundred thousand subscribers, and it's 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 really weird to see like it nearing nine hundred thousand now. It's really weird, and I I don't know, like I I don't like understand to some extent because like I've I've always maintained that videos like this, you know, like they they don't go past like you know the two hundred thousand subscriber mark. Like people who make videos like this, and I'm like I, I'd be more than happy with that, and I was more than happy with that, but then. It all just uh, it it all just skyrocketed, and I I just I, I don't like to think about it that much. Don't um, be, like I said, yeah, because I just I I don't want to make it corporate, or I don't I I just I always like to make the videos with the mentality that only fifty people are watching. Um, but it's um, I was 
I was trying to think. Oh, man, I was going to say something, but oh well, go on. I'll, yeah. I'll probably, come, dude. I'll probably I get, I get brain fart. Even if I have a mental <laughs> list in my head, I always have brain farts, whether it be during a live stream yeah. or or when you during, do when you do scripted videos every week. You're not the greatest at thinking on the top of your head. So I'm I'm the jump cut king. Even when I don't do <laughs> all my stuff isn't scripted, and and I still have hiccups and literal burps and farts. So. What got you? Because you're a lot younger than me, and I'm always interested. Because you may you may prove me right, or you may prove me wrong. What was your first gaming console experience that you vividly remember? Oh man, um, it, it's it's difficult to figure out first. I know the couple, the first couple. Um, there was an NES at my grandma's house that was my cousin's that my cousin's old NES that they, he just like left there for like all the grandkids to play whenever they would come over. And I played a lot of Mario one, Mario three, excite bike, uh, the original Ninja turtles, uh, Kung Fu heroes, which I believe that's the name of it. That, that was like the one random game they added to the NES online app on switch that everybody was like, I don't know what this game is. And I'm just like, I know what that game is. But, um, uh, a lot of duck hunt Bayou Billy. Oh my um, God, Bayou Billy! Yeah. <laughs> I remember it was garbage, but <laughs> I I was because th- this is how much of an older fart I am than you. I was alive. I remember the commercials for that, and the big deal about it was in the commercials from Konami on TV was that it was a beat 'em up, and you could use the light gun with it. But yes, the game was complete yeah. shit with horrible hit detection. <laughs> horrible hit yeah. detection. Oh man, I'm I'm trying to think. I think that oh wait, uh there's TMNT three, the Manhattan Project two on NES, and that I think that was about it in terms of the NES stuff at my grandma's house that I played a lot. Mainly played Mario, Mario Three, and Duck Hunt. Um, but then uh computer went asleep again. Um there was um I did I cut out a little bit there, or was I good? No, you were fine. You were okay, absolutely fine. Great. Great. Um uh then one of my other cousins gave me his hand-me-down Sega Genesis. Uh, wow. So even of- though you're a lot younger, <laughs> you've had the OG experiences. This is why I asked. Anyway, I, I'm sorry. Continue. I, no, that's fine. Uh, I I mean, like, I pretty much had m- pretty much every experience with the Nintendo, the like, all the, uh, the original Nintendo consoles in some way, shape, and form. I didn't have a ton of experience with Super Nintendo, but I played a lot of the games on GBA, which they did a lot of re-releases of SNES games on GBA. So I kind of, um, but, uh, I got a Sega Genesis with Sonic one. Um, and then later on we got Sonic two and the Genesis version of Miss Pac-Man. She ain't a bad version. No, it's not. Um, and yeah. And then, uh, played a lot of N64, like, uh, and my other, at my uh, mom's sides cousin with uh, like, uh, at their house. Uh, I remember playing Mario 64, Mario Kart 64. And then, um, I got a Game Boy, an original Game Boy Advance for my birthday. That was like the first new console that I ever got. Okay. And then I think I think about a year later, um, I got a GameCube and eventually got an SP, a Game Boy Advance SP. And then uh, then eventually uh, the Wii and um, then Xbox 360, Wii U, and then then that's where the collecting kind of stuff started to started to uh, snowball from there. So I've I've def- and, and through like the Wii Virtual Console, I experienced a lot of the like, the uh, the other NES games that I never got a chance to uh, to play at my grandma's house, like Punch Out, which is top like top three NES games for me. Um, 
Yeah. So, and and like uh, me and my dad would play a lot of the old Namco arcade games through like those old plug and plays or whenever there'd be like an arcade, like we would see, it would always be like, we'd want to play Galaga or Miss Pac-Man and stuff like that. And I remember playing a lot of Dig Dug and Xevious, um, Rally X uh, on a plug and play. Uh, So yeah, I've, I've definitely always had an interest in retro gaming. Uh, And then when I started discovering online content, that's when that kind of like started to blossom a lot more. That's interesting because, you know, at, at, your age because you a lot of people they lose the interest or they're not interested ever in the retro stuff so that's why i was so so i was expecting you to say like my first console was a 360 because that was (laughs) oh five that was 15 years ago you would have been seven Mm -hmm. i think if i'm doing the math right so um like eight or so yeah around there god that's so god man that's so crazy and so (laughs) depressing so it's interesting to hear you like having all of these retro experiences young because most a lot of people around your age don't like that to them it's like you you know i talk about those things it's like all right grandpa you know that's why (laughs) i think you have a large appeal too because you're not just talking about your generation of gaming. You're talking about mm-hmm. various generations. So you'll get people my age and also people younger too, because you talk about everything. Uh, like, you- yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I have a strong bias towards Nintendo stuff, but that's that's just because it's it's the most interesting stuff to me. Um, but I, I do like to encompass encompass as much as I possibly can. Um, but I I do definitely lean most towards Nintendo. That's that's generally like the stuff I geek out the most over. But yeah, I I've always I've always had an interest in like older media like that. Um, like I said, I I wanted to be an animator when I was younger, so I, I did a lot of like looking into like older animation from the 30s and 40s and stuff like that. And I grew up on a lot of that old stuff from like Warner Brothers and MGM and stuff like that. Um, and I, I think that kind of just transitioned over to video games and video game history because it, it's always it, it's just such an interesting medium to me. It's literally like you can make you can make connections to like the movie industry or the music industry, but video games are such a different beast. Where like you you start to think, like it's just like it's so different, and to me, I just find that so much more interesting. And it's weird now we're in a time where cause gaming is actually a bigger industry than the movie industry where now you have like a list Hollywood actors wanting to go into a game. Whereas in like the mid, like in the nineties, it was like, Oh wow. That actor that used to be in big movies. Now they just want to be in a game cause they can't do anything else. Whereas you know, now like wing commander. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, exactly. Wing commander with like, uh, with what's his name? Uh, Mark Hamill. Uh, Mark Mark, Hamill. Yeah. Now you have like, Keanu Reeves, you have like actors. He's not begging, but he's he, now he's going to be in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and it's now it's you know and, and um the, the game with Hideo Kojima. I can't think of it right now. And uh, Norman Reedus, Norman Reedus, Norman yeah. Reedus, and Death Stranding. You would have never seen that in the nineties, but now because it's so big and so mainstream that you're seeing these A list Hollywood actors who would have laughed at you back in the day now wanting to be in. It's so much different, man. It's, it's it's really nice because like it, it it finally feels like I don't know like for a while there gaming has always been kind of considered kind of like you know like like I don't know like a, a a geeky activity like you know like oh like you read comic books oh you play video games you oh, you God, collect yeah. video games stuff like that now I feel like it's way more socially acceptable and every everybody plays video games and it's really nice to be able to like it, it's really cool like 
as as much as I have gripes with the Switch here and there, um, it's really cool that it's doing so well because like it just feels like you can talk to so many more people about stuff happening and just video games in general. And it's it's really it's it's just it's really refreshing because growing up when like I don't know, especially like a couple of years ago in the Wii U era, just <laughs> telling somebody that you owned a Wii U, that just <laughs> that just felt like you you were doing something wrong. It didn't even feel like doing something wrong. What it felt like with me is that no, when I remember I used to have friends or whoever, whoever back in my apartment, and they were like, "What's that thing?" They would look at the screen. I'd be like, "Oh, that's the Wii U." It's like, "What's the Wii U?" And they literally, most people honestly thought that it was just an add-on for the Wii. They, I, I wouldn't blame them. I mean that that's I mean that's how Nintendo marketed the thing when it was first revealed. They didn't they didn't show the console at all, and it's just like you can't. Like that's that's one situation where you can't even look at people like they're stupid. Like you can't blame them. You can't blame them for not knowing because the name was terrible. Like the name was yeah. terrible. On top of it, <laughs> Wii U. It wasn't like Nintendo had like okay, there's PlayStation, PlayStation Two, PlayStation Three. They only had the Wii and the Wii U. So when you add a U to it, it just sounds like the name for another console. Well, I mean, it's also like Wii. Nintendo. Nintendo built up the entire Wii generation uh, with the idea of like naming their accessories and games for the system we blank like you had we sports we music the we remote we 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 speak and then when you have something that isn't that doesn't scream successor you have we you which i'll be honest like it's it's a cutesy name you know like it, it sounds like something that nintendo would come up with it's clever to some extent but it's a terrible name for marketing it is and it sounds dumb it's like I get it. I get why they did it because Nintendo ha- felt the need to be uh, Nintendo. <laughs> but uh, you know, like it, it was just, it was a terrible name. Super Wii would have been better, or Wii Two, like T O O. I think I think that would have fit better. Something to let people know it's a different console. And I actually like the Wii U better. I know people think this is blasphemous, and I get flack for it all the time. I actually like the Wii U to a degree better than the Wii. I, I, I think mm-hmm. it. it, it I, I don't know. I just enjoyed it. I like. I actually think the uh, Wii U gamepad is actually comfortable. I don't know how you feel. Oh about yeah, it. I I think uh, I think people are super like they they. I I don't under. I mean, okay, I can understand why people think that thing is clunky, but it's so comfortable. Like I yeah. I love how the buttons feel. I love how the buttons feel. Uh, I love the triggers, even though they aren't analog. They feel really nice to click in. The D pad's really good. Um, it's it's nice to get uh, to just have the option to play on the gamepad. Like even now, like I still record a lot of footage off of the Wii U, um, and just being able to play some games on the gamepad is really nice for when you're recording footage because then you can just like you can plug it in and you can just play on the gamepad while like you have something else on the TV and stuff like that. Um, I will say like. I'll say, like, I think Nintendo's output on the Wii was better. I know you're one of those motion control hating fogies, but uh, I, I don't hate them, but they have to be done right. Yeah, I yeah. don't hate and, like them. 90% of the Wii library had terrible motion control implementation. However, there are some good ones, and I think there there's some good there's some good stuff on the Wii. You have to dig for it, but there's some good stuff on the Wii, and I feel like Nintendo's output on Wii U. They had a lot of good games. They also had a fair. They had, they also had a handful of terrible ones, but um, they had they had their good games, and um, but I feel like you can look back at that library and you can pinpoint exactly why with every single game why this console didn't succeed. Even though like 
you can look at the best games on the platform, like Super Mario 3D World. Like, why didn't that make the Wii U sell? Because it, you know, like, it was just another 3D Mario game. Like, it, it, there wasn't anything, like, there wasn't anything that really got people excited. Like, the only thing people were saying when that game was revealed was, I'd all probably play that. You know, like, you look at Mario Odyssey on the Switch and people were legitimately like, I want to play that and stuff like that. Uh, and then, like, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Like, you can look at that. That is an amazing game. That is. is one of the best 2D platformers of all time. But you can look at that and you can say, well, yeah, but, you know, like, it looks pretty similar to Donkey Kong Country Returns on the Wii. And, you know, like, why would people spend three? Why would casuals, why would casual people spend $350 plus $50 for that game for, you know, just to play that game? You know, stuff like that. Um, but, you know, there there are some good games. There 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 are still some really good games on Wii U, but... I think you can you can definitely see why the console failed in retrospect. It, it's a really interesting piece of Nintendo's history, even though it's only like it's only been three years since it since it got discontinued or since the last Nintendo game got released for it. And Nintendo dropped it like a hot turd too. Like it was just oh like, yeah, they, they kind of. I th- I'm trying to remember. I they, think did they? I, I'm trying to think if they ever. I know. Mm, I don't I'm I'm trying to remember if they said the same thing with the Wii U that they say with every console where they're like, well, like the Switch and the Wii U will coexist. I don't think they said that. I think I think this was the first time when they were like, yeah, when the Switch comes out, like if you want a Wii U, you better buy it now cuz they were like, yeah, going to be gone. They were like, yeah, Breath of the Wild and then that's it. <laughs> it at yeah. least from them anyway, it was it. And even back I mean, at least the- with the 3DS and when the DS came out and the Game Boy Advance, like pretty much with all their handhelds, they always say stuff like Oh yeah, like yeah, like this this console is still going to go on, you know. Like the DS was still getting games like in 2013, you know, like two years into the to the 3DS's life. Uh, they do do that, but with the Wii U, they they dropped that immediately once the Switch was announced. Well, they kind of, sort of, if unless my memory's not serving me correctly, they kind of, sort of did that with the. I remember because they came out with the Game Boy Advance Micro. And they're like, oh, mm-hmm. the Game Boy Advance and the DS can coexist, and it just never really yeah, actually happened. They, they talked about they talked about having three pillars, which was uh, the Game Boy Advance, the Nintendo DS, and the Game Boy Micro. Actually, no, I think I think the third pillar was the GameCube. So GameCube, DS, and Game Boy Micro, and uh, and the the Micro just. Well, I mean, like I think it did like two million in sales, which isn't terrible for like what it was like for releasing like a year into the ds's life like sure as like a little tiny like ipod nano of a game boy advance someone else said that too they're like oh it's like nintendo was going after or maybe it was you maybe it was your your video i was watching that i'm thinking of it probably i think i think i remember saying that that when it was you so i'm 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 quoting you right now it was back when the nano was like a craze and nintendo was like Mm -hmm. "Hmm, let's make a game boy advance nano but it's like it's a console you need to see and i have one in my closet right now and it's yeah i got like the famicom one it is it's just a beautiful console. It is. It's it beautiful. Is, it is not my preferred way to play play Game Boy Advance games personally, but uh, it is it, it is beautiful. But it is it is easy to see why it failed. Yeah, um, if you didn't need glasses before and you got a Game Boy Micro, you're going to need one after because it's yeah. the screen is so damn small. But the screen is nice. It's yes. a nice screen, but it's a small screen. It is so tiny, but it's very bright. I will give it that. It is it is one of the nicest like. Nintendo screens from like the mid 2000s. I gotta say, because I've gone back to like the original, 
Yeah, I've gone back to like the original DS screen. That that thing is terrible. Oh <laughs> my thing, god, it's awful. God awful. It's awful, it is, man. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but uh, yeah, go on. When you, it's interesting because I, especially after the Wii U, I I was, I, I kind of had a pessimistic outlook on Nintendo. When you first saw the Switch, like the reveal trailer for it, what was your initial reaction? Um. Well. 2015 to 2016 was a rough time to be a Nintendo fan. That That's was an understatement. Th- that was that was bad. Um, it was around the time you remember back in like it was late 2015, and you could really you could really feel that Nintendo was literally just was was prepping for the Switch, but they they didn't have enough resources to put a lot of effort into like their Wii U output. So we got like Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival and Mario Tennis Ultra Smash, and a lot of these just god awful like Wii U like games where they they put no they put little to no effort into them and like Star Fox Zero came out I'm not a fan of Star Fox Zero like that was like spring of 2016 and I had a very pessimistic view about Nintendo around then I was still I was still a fan but it was also like oh god they've been they've been messing up real bad lately like not like i can't even i can't even be like hey i own a wii u like whatever like it may not have sold well but i'm i'm still a fan and like i like you know i don't know i i like championing that i couldn't even do that because the games they were releasing around that time were terrible um uh when they announced the switch i i did have a good feeling i felt like they they find they they put this was what they were working on in in the dark ages of the wii u era where it's just like, okay, we have like a real 3D Mario game. We have, uh, you know, Breath of the Wild. Bre- like when Breath of the Wild was fully unveiled at E3 2016, that's when I was like, okay, okay, I feel I feel better about liking Nintendo now <laughs> because like that was like this looks absolutely amazing. Like it, it looked like Nintendo finally took that step out of out of like not like I mean like they never really took like a full step into the modern era until then. I feel. Like it, it always felt like they were still a little stuck in the Wii era with their Wii U output, but then like when Breath of the Wild was revealed, it felt like they finally took that step into the modern era. And I think when the Switch was revealed, that felt like a giant, just like a, a giant confirmation that okay, they they know what they're doing now, and it, it's good to it, it was good to feel like that. And uh, I, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed my time with the Switch. I'm I'm not as over the moon in love with it as a lot of other people I see. Because there are a lot of people who like will unapologetically like love every single thing Nintendo announces for the Switch, but I'm 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 a lot more critical. Like 2018 was a little too filled with ports, and uh, 2019 was all right. Um, but you know, I, I it's definitely a step in the right direction uh, from the Wii U era. Although the Wii U era had more original games, I will. I will definitely give it that. Well, yeah, if you think about what they're doing right now, as much see, I'm in, see the Switch is like my favorite console of all time right now. It's even knocked Super Nintendo mm-hmm. out of the spot because I actually like the fact that Jesus, yeah, yeah, I know that may be a mortal <laughs> sin to you because I, for example, I got review codes and I'm going to be streaming it. Um, the Metro Last Light games, yes, they're just ports, but the fact that you have bas- mm-hmm. a tablet now that. You could play these AAA games like Zelda Breath of the Wild, Doom, Metro 2033, Metro Last Light. 
I love that because, you know, especially as a guy with kids, it's like, all right, you know, my son could be sleeping on me and I could still play a triple A game where I can't sit in front of the computer while my kids are screaming or needing something all over the place. So that's why it took the time. So that I kind of like that port thing. But I get what you're saying, though, mm-hmm. is that really what Nintendo has done is brought home. I mean, minus like what, like three games? They've brought over all the original games they had for the Wii U. Is it what is it only like three? Let me see. Well, okay, fun fact about me. I think I own nearly over 100 physical Wii U games. Um, I didn't even know there was 100 physical Wii U games to own. There's a little more than that, okay? There's probably like 150 or so. But, uh, yeah, there's like Mario 3D World. Uh, there's, like, if if you really want to port Mario and Sonic at the Sochi 2014 Olympic Winter Games, be my guest, but I doubt that's going to happen alongside Rio 2016. Uh, you know, stuff like Nintendo Land and Star Fox Zero and Game and Wario, th- those are too gamepad-centric, I think, to, like, work. Yeah, like, you you could, but they're not going to do it. Um, let's see. I mean, like, Pikmin 3, um, Wonderful 101 just got the Kickstarter and stuff like that. So There's, like, the Zelda remakes it. and stuff like that. But we're, we're, getting, we're getting to, uh, we're, we're getting to, like, basically, like, literally, like, just the games that just, like, probably three, four that legitimately have a chance and should get ported, like Xenoblade Chronicles X, stuff like that. Um, like, I like, I do like that those games are getting ported. Um, I just, I, it, it's just like, it's not as exciting to me because this generation just overall hasn't been exciting as I'd say last generation. Um, like, I, I haven't seen a ton of people talk about this, but it's just like, uh, like just talking in general, you know, like you have like the PS4, like you just look at like Naughty Dog's output, like compare that to PS3. They had two new IPs throughout the entire PS3 generation. They had four games overall. They had like three Uncharted's and The Last of Us, and then PS4, no new IPs. Like it's literally just Uncharted 4, Uncharted: The Lost Legacy, which is basically just like a, like a standalone expansion to Uncharted it's 4. It's a DLC and almost. Last of Us Part Two. Yeah. So I'm kind of just like. One sec, computer did fall asleep again. This is okay. Um, um, I I just feel like, and like, I just like, you look back at like the 360 PS3 generation, and there were entire trilogies and stuff like that released of like brand new series, like a Mass Effect, Dead Space, stuff like that. And then like this generation, and also like with last generation, you can also say like, oh, like the, the big thing was like the first person shooter and stuff like that, or like motion controlled games and stuff like that. And then you look at this generation, and I feel like it just doesn't have that defining thing. It doesn't have, like, a big defining game. And, like, you could say, like, stuff like Breath of the Wild. But that's also weird because, like, it's, like, cross-generation for Nintendo and stuff like that. I'm mainly talking about just, like, generally, like, the PS4, Xbox One generation. And, like, there's just so many re-releases. And I like that that's happening because I, as somebody who, like, I have in my living room, I have uh, like I have a few consoles set up. I have like Switch, Wii U, PS4, Xbox One, original Xbox, PS3, uh, like a, a super retro trio just for like the old stuff. Um, just so then like you know like I would prefer to play on the originals, but it's way easier to just have one system for three. Oh, of, them. of course, I've done um, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then like 360 and N64 GameCube, um, and just having all those set up like that's like bare minimum for me like what I need like for like recording footage or when friends come over and we want to just play some stupid stuff whatever if we want to play like old games or we want to play something like those are all the consoles I need 
just having all those set up, it is, it is a bitch. It is, it is so mm-hmm. annoying to switch between those consoles, have to deal with all those wires. I love collecting the games, but I could do without the consoles. And like, I mean, I love the cons. I love collecting the consoles, but I hate like having to plug them in, and I hate having to Such set them up and install that stuff. It is so annoying. So I like re-releases because, like, then like I can look over at my PS4 collection. Like, I can like like I have like all like all three Uncharted's. I have Last of Us remastered. You have like God of War three remastered. You have all this stuff, and I can just I can just play those all in one console. It's super. It's way more convenient. But and, and like the same with the Switch, you know, like having all these ports on Switch is really convenient. Like that's what I, that's what I was saying. I like having these Wii U ports, but like when I look back at like the legacy of the system in like five ten years, I'm gonna be like, oh, that's the second time I played Mario 3D World, or that's that's the third place I bought Skyrim or stuff like that. And that that's, that's kind of why I don't. That's that's why I I wish they kind of put more effort into like just making original stuff instead of just depending on porting stuff. Cause that's mainly what third parties are doing. And I like that they're doing it, but that's all they're doing. And that's kind of my main problem with the switch at this point. And it's interesting because it, to me it's awesome, but you make a good point because when you look back, like you said at the switch library, it's going to be, it's amazing. Like, Holy crap, this game, like playing Metro 2033 I'm playing it and it's like, holy shit. Like, I remember I used to have, have a computer that like smoke would be coming out of the back of it to play. And now I'm playing it on a tablet. But mm-hmm. on the flip side, like you said, it's just a port, you know? The, yeah. And that's actually, like you said, it's happened with the PS4 and the Xbox, especially the Xbox's mm-hmm. generation almost had their exclusives were shit compared to PlayStation and Nintendo's. It's. Especially during the first half of the eighth generation, I feel like there was it was like the remaster generation where it was just like mm-hmm. seventh gen games remastered. You know that like you know that, that's being a perfect example. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of what I was getting at with like this generation just didn't feel like it have a thing because like forty percent of it felt like it was just a retread of like the stuff that happened prior generations. And I love that the legacy content is available. That's it's, it's really convenient and it's really nice because some of these games I haven't had the chance to play and I'm way more likely to play these games when they're on, you know, my newer console. But I feel like just when you look back at these consoles, I'm just a little bummed out just because like it, it, they just don't have that like feel to them. You know, you, they don't have that like major defining, excuse me, they don't have that major defining title that really like that, that just like makes you feel like, Oh, this is the eighth generation. Like this, this is what defined the eighth generation. Like, I guess if like anything defines the eighth generation is like games as a service, I guess. But even then, like, it's just like, nah, like that, that's not like a great defining. <laughs> that's not a great thing to be defined by, you know? Well, well, first off, you never have to apologize for burping on my stream. I'm sure many people here could tell you that. Secondly, yeah. yeah. It, you know, <laughs> as a guy who's a, P, like I'm, I prefer PC over the conventional consoles. The Switch being a different entity, yeah, it just felt like, you know, and it happened during the 360 and PS3 generation too. But even more so during this generation, it just felt like kind of like watered down ports. Of it just felt like if I have a PC minus the exclusives from Sony, I wasn't missing out on much, especially with Microsoft's mindset now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And like the Xbox One is just. I don't know. Like, there's, there's like, 
very little exclusives that I even care about. Maybe like there's Sunset Overdrive, like and like most people would say like, oh, Rare Replay. That's like the, the, just old games, you know, stuff like that. Like like there's Forza if you like Forza, but like there just hasn't been anything. And like like I, I in terms of like where they're going with the Xbox brand, I like it based on like it it is pro consumer, but. I also feel like it's it's not being competitive enough with the other with the other consoles. And I know a lot of people don't like like they they hate exclusives. There's a lot of mindset where it's just like they just want everything on one console. I do too, but that's just not how it's going to be. You know, like the exclusivity helps make these games like help helps make these games possible. It helps make these games as like big budget as they can possibly be because people want like these companies want to drive you to their consoles. And, like, I feel like Xbox is just not being competitive enough. So while I can commend their strategy, I, I just feel like, I don't know, I, I just feel like it's just going to make the Xbox and their exclusives just not as, enticing. Just not as powerful, you know? And yeah. Enti- I, and I'm sure people here who are watching this can, they break rich, shut the hell up about it, you always say, but I say the same thing. I'm torn because I think it's awesome that I could have the Halo Master Chief collection on Steam. But if I didn't own an Xbox and I could only get the Halo Master Chief collection on an Xbox, it would be an impetus for me to go buy an Xbox. That's gone mm-hmm. now. So it's like as cool as it is that I could sit there and max out Halo Reach on my PC, it's kind of like they're hurting themselves right now, especially because we're still in a console era. Like we aren't post console yet. Cloud gaming hasn't engulfed everything which with what after what happened with nvidia i don't know if it ever will but (laughs) it's just like i'm so torn with it because it's a great idea and terrible idea simultaneously and i like i agree with both spectrums of it you know Mm -hmm. and yeah i just I, i just feel like xbox needs to be more competitive but instead i feel like that's just not what microsoft cares about they they want to kind of bring they they want to transform xbox into into more of a brand, a more more of a service, you know, stuff like that. They they don't care about it like selling hardware because like, you know, like they they were more of a software company before that. Like they mainly just Windows is more of just they made the software and then they like would like, you know, licenses out to people to make computers that ran Windows and stuff like that. And you know, as time went on, they more so recently went into hardware. I mean, more gradually went into hardware and I feel like they just, it, it's just not as big of a deal to them. You know, if, if they can sell you an Xbox, great. But, you know, like, I feel like they want to more so take it into the, you know, they, they want to push Game Pass a lot. And they, they'd rather people subscribe to Game Pass because I'm sure, like, you're probably going to make more money than on, on that instead of, like, somebody just buying an Xbox and buying one game, you know. And I, I feel like they know what they're doing. But in terms of just, like, making Sony like kind of like i don't know like feel like they have to do something to win to win the title of like you know win win the generation i i feel like they they're just going to be egotistical again like they were with the ps3 i i already kind of sense that they are kind of like that with the ps5 where it just feels like they're like eh, we'll do whatever we want you know like we we won last generation by a landslide and stuff like that and i feel like that's a problem because then that means they're not going to they're they're not going to really strive to make like huge changes or huge differences 
and I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what, what's going to happen this generation for sure. I'm interested in, in pricing because I hear right now that I was thinking 500 bucks or even beyond that, but Sony's kind of like, that's why I don't think they've come out and shown anything with the console yet. Cause I'm thinking they still haven't settled because the console itself right now to manufacture is costing like 450 plus bucks. And due to a beer named illness coming out of a country I can't name right now, prices of parts are going all over the place and the console may be delayed. And yeah, I, I think Sony's having kind of like an internal struggle right now and Microsoft kind of not kind of, I think they just seem more comfortable to launch. Now their console may also be due to this beer sounding thing from Asia that I can't mention be delayed too, but I don't know. I just feel like Microsoft feels a little bit more ready for ninth gen than Sony does. And maybe I'm wrong. And maybe it'll be the complete opposite when they fully reveal everything, but that's how I feel right now. Yeah. Um, but even then, like, yeah, I I just feel like it doesn't even matter because like literally like, you know, like pretty much like most of the Xbox series X games that you're going to want the series X for are also going to be on Xbox one. So it's, it's like, even then, like, it doesn't really matter because like there's there's a lot of like PS4 games that came out near the beginning of that that also came out on the last generation, but it didn't really matter because I wanted it on PS4. So it doesn't really matter, but just having that where it's just like you don't really have a lot of core exclusives um, for your system, I'm just kind of like that just makes it less exciting, you know? It, so Exclusives yeah. make you want to buy a system. It's... I mean, like I've always said, and this is what I said about before Nintendo actually did well with the Switch and had the best of both worlds. I always said it that there's the two pillars of a console. It's third party and first party. If one of them's missing, it doesn't have a stable base. Mm-hmm. And that's what Microsoft was missing this generation is the, is the first party. You know, I mean, they had Halo 5, which I actually kind of like better than Halo 4, and I thought Halo 4 was eh. But that's... I'm almost the next generation for both Sony and Microsoft thinking like most of the games are going to be on PC minus like they're straight up exclusives. And that's kind of, I mean, obviously I'm a nerd and I'm going to buy both consoles. I mean, but that excitement kind of just isn't going to be there because I'm like, oh, the real good, the best experience for that third party game is going to be right on the computer I'm streaming from right now, you know, Mm -hmm. and 99% 99% of the same experiences I could have on the PC, especially now with what Microsoft's doing. And, and, and it's as a guy who was from almost birth, grown up with consoles and that excitement, it kind of like disappoints me that I don't get that anymore, obviously, because I'm also an adult too. But, you know, there's just no must have things on the consoles like there used to be. There used to be more games on consoles, I felt like, than there was on PC, like during like the sixth and seventh generation of consoles. You know, and now it's kind of well. Different. Yeah, I mean, you can just you can just look at like the output of both companies. I mean, like obviously it's because you know games g- games are more expensive to make now. Like they're they're requiring way more teams, and you know they're they're way more detailed and stuff like that. But so it's just like yeah, the quality is up. But I felt like like last generation with like the first party output between both, there was there was a good amount of quality and quantity. And, you know, like, just look at, like, the last year of the PS3's life. There was, like, not did you, you had Last of Us. You had, um, you had, 
uh, Ratchet and Clank game, like right next to the PS4 launch. You had Gran Turismo 6. You had, there was like Puppeteer. There was all this stuff at God of War Ascension. There was all this stuff that released and it was all good quality stuff. Like the year the PS4 was coming out. And then this year we just have Last of Us Part 2 and Ghost of Tsushima. And both look really good. But it's also, I don't know, it just, it makes this console, it, it makes the PS4 just, like, not interesting right now, you know? Like, it's just, like, I just, I feel very little incentive to turn it on because, like, I don't know, there's just, there's just not a lot of, like, major exclusive. I mean, like, there's Final Fantasy VII, you know, remake, but, you know, that, you know, like, that's third party and then it'll eventually come to other platforms. That's but, such a funny game. That ga- They've yeah. been talking about the Final Fantasy VII remake since before the PlayStation 3 was released. They showed it at the PS3 when they were revealing the PS3. Think about how long ago that was. Well, they didn't technically, and they were just like, "Oh, this is just a tech demo." And then, like, they waited, they waited until like it was really awkward. I feel like I, I, part of me feels like the Final Fantasy VII remake was only put into development because they got all that backlash that one time at like I think it was like PlayStation Experience where they announced, "Oh, Final Fantasy VII," and then everybody cheered, "Is coming to PS4." It's just like the PC port and stuff like that, and everybody thought it was going to be the remake. And then later that E3. Uh, they formally announced the remake, um, and it's just—it's been so long, and it's not even—it's not even the full thing. <laughs> it's not even the they're, full thing. They're doing—they're doing episodically, aren't they? They're yeah. still doing that. I thought—I um, I thought that was up in the air, but now they're still doing it. I heard. Yeah, because I think all they've shown is Midgar or something, um, and that—that's all this—that's all this remake is, and it's really—it's really weird because, uh, like, nowhere on the case or. In, on the title, does it say like part one or episode one or anything? It just says Final Fantasy VII remake. So I'm kind of like, this is like, I'm, it's just, it's just weird how they're how they're doing it. And I don't know, like, who knows how much longer the second part's gonna take? So, well, how long did Final? I knew Final Fantasy fifteen took forever. How long did that take? I don't even remember. I know it was well, it delayed that was a shit ton. Well, that was originally like Final Fantasy versus thirteen. Like it was supposed to be like that. Um, more more combat focus I, I don't know much about final fantasy so i think versus 13 was supposed to be more of like a combat focused version of final fantasy 13 and then at e3 2013 they announced that versus 13 ended up becoming 15 and then uh did 15 come out in like 2016 was that it i had 2016 2017 i i know i i bought it when it i first- think it was it was either twenty fifth. It was twenty sixteen. I, I think. I, I think I figured it out. Because I would say it would. It was either twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen, and I don't think it came out in twenty fifteen. Yeah, it was twenty sixteen. So I'm pretty sure you're right. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, that ended up being a. I mean, I'm not even a Final Fantasy guy, and I, I mean, I didn't beat it, but I, I played a good amount of it. And I thought it was pretty good, but I, yeah, I don't know what's going on with. Con- consoles now are becoming more like PCs, which is good. They need to, but I feel like. Minus the they're kind of missing that that thing that makes that makes consoles consoles special, you know. It it just I don't know, like you just don't feel as like big of an attachment to them, and it's just like just the exclusive output from like Microsoft and the fact that they don't even they don't even really like they don't even really see themselves as like a big like big into like the console wars. They they couldn't care less. They could they couldn't care less about beating Sony. Or like they're working with Nintendo, so it's just like 
and that's good. You know, that, that is good, but it's also, it also takes a bit away from just that feeling of like, I don't know, just, there's that feeling of excitement about a generation. And I, I just haven't really felt that excited about the eighth generation, this, this current generation, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and, uh, I, I agree uh, with you. And I was even, you know, I, I was in my mid twenties when the seventh generation came out. So it wasn't that I was more excited for that because there was just, there was something different about it. There was something to go to on there. There was the, the exclusives from both on Sony and Microsoft's platform. Now it's just, oh, here's your watered down PC that you can't put windows on. And you know, that they, they are, they're just PCs at this point. So there's, and even then, like, there's – you just – I turn on my PS4 and, like, for some reason, it still doesn't have, like, PS1 games you can download or anything like that. Uh, like, the PS2 offerings, like, they have, like, PS2 games you could buy, but, like, there, there's not that many anymore. Like, they, they started trying to put them out, but then they didn't. And for, like, the most popular console of all time, the selection they have is, like, pitiful. They barely have any games on there. And I'm just kind of like – we won from the PS3 where that could play PS1 games and you could download PS1 games and all that stuff. And now, and like you could, you know, you could play PS2 games technically on like, you know, on like the older models of the PS3, but you could also download PS2 games on the PS3. Um, and you, there was also like the like HD collections on the PS3 and stuff like that. We go from that to the PS4 where all they have is downloadable PS2 games and you can stream like ps3 and ps1 games i guess but like whatever um and like they're not even like bringing over those hd collections they're just kind of like trickling out like like the ps3 stuff remastered and stuff like that i just feel like i don't know there's just not as much value in the box you know like i i just don't feel as much value in my ps4 than i than i did with like the ps3 or xbox 360 back then and that's one of that now where we have to give microsoft credit they kicked ass with backwards compatibility they actually made me a mm-hmm. they may made me a backwards compatibility believer because not only like for example the original red dead redemption not two they um remastered it basically they made they made it run a native 4k it looked like a current gen game same with uh Mm -hmm. left for dead and half-life and there was a couple i forgot the other games they did the 4k treatment there was even some original xbox games they made look prettier that's awesome and now sony's actually learning from that because with the playstation 5 they're even like adding ray tracing to the original gran turismo it's going to look like a current gen game they're saying and Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, that's one thing Sony d- totally dropped the ball on this generation was like backwards compatibility and, and respecting well, the previous generations of games. Yeah, backwards compatibility is like even if you don't use it, just knowing that it's there adds so much value to the console because it's just like just knowing that like because that like I was saying earlier, um, just how like the video game industry is like you can make parallels to like you know like the movie industry or like television or music and stuff like that, but it's way different. And the fact is like pretty much every movie ever made, you can play that on a DVD. You know, like they may not have been released on DVD, but you can burn it on a DVD and it'll work on like a DVD player stuff yep. like that. Games are not the same thing, and like just the fact that you need to own all these different pieces of hardware play all these old games where like you know like i don't know like if i want to play an original xbox game like honestly there's no reason why i shouldn't play on like an xbox one and you know stuff like that but you know it's just like before they added the backwards compatibility they just they just didn't put it in there 
and stuff like that. And just the fact that they they're taking those steps to ensure that some games, at the very least, some games are compatible. Just the fact that you can put your disc in is awesome. And it just makes me feel like, okay, the Xbox One, like, I, I just feel like there's so much more value in this console. And comparative to the PS4, like, I'm just like, I can play PS4 games, and that's it. And I just, like, for how much space it takes up, I'm just like, man, it, it can only do that, you know? And I... And I feel like Sony just isn't really going to embrace it. I understand, like, there's all these rumors that the PS5 will embrace backwards compatibility. For all the generations, they're saying, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that would, oh, oh, boy, that would be I think amazing. they will, man. I, I think, honestly, they will. I think they learned, because as much as Sony was top dog this generation, they saw how well it was embraced with Microsoft. So I think it's it's yeah. going gonna, gonna to happen. Well, I feel like it, it brings a lot of consumer faith, and it, it, it makes consumers really happy. But there, there was like the uh, the data that like not a lot of people use it, and I feel like Sony, I don't know, I, I just feel like they're gonna look at it like, oh, the PS4 didn't have backwards compatibility, and it sold over a hundred million units, and I feel like I, I would at least like PS1 and PS2. Uh, of course, it's going to have PS4, but I would like PS1 and PS2. Um, PS3 is that iffy one, but um, good old cell you know, processor. Like, yeah, it's. I mean, it's possible. Well, they're doing. But it's they're, it's a lot of work. I have I have a friend. He's actually a YouTuber too. Lactability. I don't even know how to say his name. Prime. I'm sorry. I'd love to give you a shout out, but I can't pronounce the name of your channel. Um, he was showing they even have. They, the emulation community has done a better job emulating the PS3 better than Sony has, and they're already running games on like oh, he's running games on like old Windows PCs from the PS3. So it mm-hmm. should be possible. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's possible. It's it's definitely like a lot of work to get that running and to like, actually like fully like have that work well. But I feel like Sony's probably going to look at that like, why would we put that much R&D into this one thing that barely anybody's going to use and our console's going to like sell well anyways. But I feel like the PS4 sold that that well and had that much big of a uh, big of a gap between the Xbox One just because of that first like E3 with yep. both of them. Just the fact like just the fact that that made that scared everybody away from buying an Xbox One right then and there that basically secured Sony would have like a huge gap no matter what uh com- like in sales units with the uh with the xbox one so i don't even feel like uh i i forget i forget what i was talking about it's okay i've had those brain <laughs> uh, good old don matrick man good old don yeah. matrick when he come when he was talking oh, to yeah. jeff keely and he said to him for those people who don't have internet you could just buy a xbox 360 oh it was such a train wreck it was mm-hmm. such a train and then on top of it too, they had the Xbox One was more expensive due to the Kinect when it first launched, and mm-hmm. it had less graphics horsepower than the PS4, so the games look crappier. Think about that. Yeah, and it just and it was just not an attractive console at all. <laughs> I it have was one right here. No, chunky, it's not. Yeah, it was that chunky ass V VCR design, and like and like Kinect just wasn't. Kinect was something that I think. Like people, it was very popular at first, and then people saw through it. They saw like its limitations, and they realized like, okay, after like they played whatever Connect Adventures and Connect Sports for like an hour, 
it got boring. Like it, it's just like with connect, like that, that failed an initial inevitably because it did very well at first. Um, especially on the 360. Failed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That failed because like comparative to the Wii, you had to put a lot of effort into playing connect games. <laughs> You had to put a lot of effort. You had to move. You had to move your stuff around. You had to stand up, and half the time it would it wouldn't calibrate properly. You'd have to recalibrate all the time. With the Wii, like Wii Sports, you just you just take the remote and you play, and that's it. And Connect, you had to put that much more work into it. And I feel like Microsoft didn't realize that, and they banked too much on that with the Xbox One. And you had all those like DRM policies and stuff like that. And Sony just secured the win from them. And I feel like regardless of what would have happened, like everybody just automatically has this bad feeling about the Xbox One just lodged in the back of their brain. So when they want to go buy a new console, most people just go straight for the PS4. Like it doesn't even matter if they want to play any of the exclusives on it. They just go straight for the PS4 because that's that's just what they they're like. Oh yeah, like that's that's what I have to buy. That's what everybody else has, and that like I feel like the Xbox One has a lot of bad press, and also it doesn't have any exclusives and all that stuff. So I feel like just that basically secured the entire generation for Sony right there. The, the beginning. I always remember that video with um, I think it was Shuhei Yoshida, and I forgot the other exact like. Remember when Microsoft was going to have the whole thing where they were going to have DRM in the games and they were going to have to do some weird thing with with GameStop where you'd have to like expire your license to trade it in and all that. And then Sony Mm -hmm. came out with that. It had got like tens of millions of views, I think, where they were like, here's how you exchange, give a game to a friend on the PS4 and they just hand over the game and it's like a 10 second video. That was like the mic drop (laughs) moment for Sony. They won the generation from right there. That was it. You know, yeah, and they just they just didn't have to do anything else, and like I just I worry about that leading into PS5, just because they they do get egotistical, and they do they they do think they can do whatever they want, even though like from what we know the PS5 seems to be pretty much exactly what you know you'd expect. It doesn't seem like it's doing any crazy stuff like the PS3 was, but um it. I just feel like, you know, with them kind of going like we're not going to E3, which, you know, that's a, that's a whole nother can of worms and stuff like that. And they're just waiting so long to actually like discuss the PS5, not even show it. Just like just say like any details about it that are worth anything. Just say like, hey, uh, this developer's working on some games. Here's here's like a general idea of the games coming out. Uh, maybe like a general price point, anything like even showing the controller, the bot, anything. They're just waiting so long, and I feel like I feel like they're taking they're taking a lot of inspiration from Nintendo there, because obviously with the state of plays, those uh, obviously Nintendo directs, um, but like comparative like when the Switch was formally unveiled to when it released, that was quick. Like it was like what like from October, November, December, January, February. Like it was like four or five months, and I feel like they want to do a similar thing with the PS Five. And I feel like that makes sense, but they've also been talking about this thing and like fully detailing it for over a year now. (laughs) Like, and I just feel like just, just show it already. Like, I'm not, I'm not that excited. Like show me why I should be excited because you're just constantly going like, like we don't have anything to show right now. I'm just like, you're literally like 
10 months away from this thing launching, you you definitely have stuff to show. But I mean, like, who I don't cares? Know, just, get us excited just, for what it looks like. Get us excited yeah. for the controller. Get us excited for something. They're just they're not you know we know and we know all the basically all the damn specs inside of the thing and you had Mark Cerny come out and talk about specs too just say something <laughs> like mm-hmm. like so where do you Is think it, were we going to say i'm sorry oh uh, no go on where do you see now that we it's all book confirmed which is strange because it was all but confirmed we were getting a switch pro and now all of a sudden those those rumors were dashed where do you see the switch fitting in when the next gen consoles come out, well, I, I I see like a lot of articles going around where people are like, "Oh, what's Nintendo going to do when um when the PS5 and Xbox Series X come out?" And I'm kind of like, like they're they're just going to do the same thing they've been doing, and I feel like it's going to work well for them because like the uh, the the difference between graphical capabilities between the Nintendo Switch and PS4 and Xbox One was already pretty far. And when you go to the PS5 and Xbox Series X, I'm kind of like, it was already a far, like, thing. Like, the graphic, it it doesn't matter, honestly. Like, even then, a lot of these developers are going to make sure their games play on PS4 as well as PS5. That's a good point. I'd have to think about that. So, yes, you can downgrade a game, a lot of games from PS4 to Nintendo Switch, I feel like you're definitely still going to be able to do that with PS5 because if a developer wants if a developer wants a game to run on Switch, like it'll happen. Like you can you can make it happen. You might have to rebuild the entire game from scratch, but like you can make you can make any game work on Switch. Really, uh, it just depends on like if you want to put the money into you know making it work on Switch. Um, but the thing is, the the thing selling the Switch right now is are the Nintendo games. Like, that's why people are buying it. The thing that sweetens the deal is the fact that there are a lot more games on it. And you have the third-party stuff. And the thing is, most of the third-party stuff, is, or like the third-party ports, aren't games that are PS4 games. They're like, you know, like Capcom has been putting all the Resident Evil games on there. Like, they're not the re- the PS4 games. The only PS4 game they put on there is Resident Evil 7, and that was only in Japan, and it was a cloud version. Cloud version, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, there were like Devil May Cry and Devil May Cry 2 and Devil May Cry 3 and stuff like that. Um, and like, you look at this kind of stuff and I kind of go, I don't think it matters. Like, I feel like the Switch is still going to be doing fine because developers have found their niche on this platform, which is re-releasing their old games. I would prefer if they maybe did some more original stuff or maybe did some more current gen stuff. But, you know, that's that's what's doing well for them. And... I see no reason because like you can count how many games like are on the switch that are ports from the PS4 pretty easily, you know, like just like it pretty quickly. There's not like a ton. There's definitely games out there, but there's not like a ton that are like these graphically intensive games that have been ported to switch. You have Witcher three doom um, rocket league uh, uh, Wolfenstein two. Um, there's, Definitely some others. I can't think I'm of it. Wolfenstein yeah, yeah, Two, Young Blood. There's. Um, I can't think. Uh, of Outer it, Worlds I, is coming. Um, I'm just trying. There's Civ Six, um, you know, stuff like that. But that's it's not like a ton of stuff. So it's just like I feel like stuff like that's still going to come because a lot of these games are going to be cross compatible with PS4 and PS5. 
Um, That's such a good point. But even then, but even then, these games don't make up a huge chunk of the Switch's library, and they aren't a huge reason why people are buying the Switch. People are buying the Switch for Mario, for Zelda, Smash Brothers, Pokemon, stuff like that. And then this, the third-party stuff is more of a bonus, you know? Well, I think it's a mixture of both, and I think the Switch, for the first time since... All right, the Wii had a bunch of shovelware, and there was a good exceptions where third-party games, but most of it was shovelware. Since, like, the mm-hmm. Super Nintendo has been... The Switch has been, like, since then, has been the first time in a while that Nintendo has had a bunch of decent third-party support. But you brought up a good point that I kept on failing to think of, is that even with the next-gen consoles, a lot of games from even third-party developers are going to be cross-gen, where they're for the Xbox One, PS4, PS5, and Xbox Series X. So if they can make the games work on the current generation of consoles from Sony and Microsoft, they'll still be able to whittle them down for the Switch. And maybe that's why, if Nintendo was going to release a Switch Pro, maybe they're like, eh, We'll just get the cross-gen games ported over from the PS4 and Xbox One, and we'll wait a little bit until you release the next-gen system. Because if they can make them work on the PS4, they've obviously shown they can make them work on the Switch. So, Yeah, and I, I just feel like th- they don't even need a lot of the cross-gen games because, like, I mean, like, as in, like, uh, as in, like, the current-gen games ported over. Because they, they already don't have, like, a ton of those. They have They have them. But there's not a huge ton of them getting ported over but just having a few of them just having the witcher 3 getting announced for switch that excites people even if they don't want to buy they're they're not going to buy it just knowing that they can play like a ps4 game on their switch like kind of like instills good faith in the consumer where they're just like oh man like like i should buy this because it's going to get like these ps4 quality like big games on the switch you know like i'm going to get stuff like this have you played um, The Witcher on the Switch? I d- I tried it out for about an hour. It's it works. <laughs> it's like so, it, it hurts my head. I don't understand how they yeah. did it. Like it's like sorcery yeah, it's, how they did that. Yeah, I mean, like you can tell it's been downgraded to of hell. Of course, but yeah. It 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 works. It does the job. It's The Witcher on Switch, which is pretty cool. Um, I mean, I played it on TV, which definitely kind of a. Uh, definitely kind of lessened the experience it was kind of like <laughs> yeah Whoa. it's like having it's like well, someone it's because, put vaseline yeah. on your tv well it's because like uh, i i use the switch primarily in uh docked just because i i've i've been getting into a habit with recording pretty much every single game i play uh just because oh, like, especially with what you do of course yeah eventually i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna use that footage because like i said like when i when i do a lot of the uh you know the topic-based videos I, I don't want to have to play through a ton. Like, like I had to play through a bunch of Uncharted 3 just to get, like, one little snippet of footage. I've here been there. there. It's so painful. I've yeah. been there. And I'm just like, I, I need to save this footage because, like, I, like, you know, like, I might not use this in a few months, but there might be a video later down the line where I might need to bring this up. And I, I, I've talked to other YouTubers who, um like, they... They don't like they they don't save any of their footage. I'm just like, oh man, I feel bad for you because you're going to regret like, it. You're, you're going to have to keep re-recording the footage and stuff like that. And I'm just like, it is it is so nice, even though the files are huge. The files are huge when recording footage. Uh, get yourself get yourself a hard drive, and it's it's really nice. But yeah, I, I played it on TV. 
Um, and it, yeah, <laughs> you can definitely see a lot of the, uh, the imperfection. There are a lot of imperfections, but, uh, that's not why you buy there. it though. Yeah. It, you buy yeah, that you because you can play it portable. Play yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I feel like games like that, like just the fact that they exist is, is enough for the switch to kind of maintain this good faith from consumers and I, I think that's all that Nintendo needs, you know, like because like most most of the third party games aren't PS4 games. They're they're old games getting ported over. Like like Devil May Cry three just put it, got put on the Switch. That's a PS2 game, you know. Like it, it doesn't it, it doesn't matter. Like it, it doesn't matter what the PS5 and Xbox Series X are in terms of power because that's not why people are buying the Switch in general. They're buying it to play Nintendo games and other third party like old third party games portably or just to have a new Nintendo system, you know? Question totally outside of what we're talking about, because I, I wanted to ask you this before, and I, I almost forgot. Now, you you go to college, you said, right? Do people know you from your YouTube videos there, even outside of college? And like, oh, crap, I know this guy. Yeah, yeah, it happens sometimes. Uh, mo- most of the experiences have been pretty good. There, there are, of course, a few that I'm that kind of like freak me out a little bit here and there, where people are a little too in your face. But because I, I, I don't like talking about it, like, I don't know, like, I, I'm okay talking about it with, like, some friends, I, but I don't like bringing it up out of nowhere, you know? Me either, it, no. I Yeah, I, I just like, you know, like, if they, if it's friends that help me out with the videos a lot, then I, I can talk to them about YouTube, or if it's, like, close, close uh, people to me, um, but I, I have gotten recognized a few times, and it's really cool, but it's also, like, I'm not... I'm generally just not prepared for any of that because it's always like, I I assume you've gotten like recognized in person. Um, and it's always like, I, like if I go to the grocery store and I'm buying groceries, like I'm not, it's not on my mind. Like, Oh wow. I'm going to have to interact with somebody talking about my YouTube channel. (laughs) Yes, I know. And I, and I feel like, Oh, did I come off as like weird or did I come off as like, I don't want to talk to them because I'm just, I'm just going about my day and stuff like that. Because I went, I went to a convention for the first time last summer. It was too many games, and uh, I talked to a lot. I met a lot of people who watched my videos there. But I was way more prepared for that because I'm like, I'm going to a gaming convention where they invited me. Like, so I'm it's gonna, meant I'm, for it, yeah, yeah. So like, I'm prepared for stuff like that. But then like, when I'm on campus and somebody goes like, "Are you Scott?" and I'm like, uh, like I just, <laughs> I, I don't. Like I'm, I'm like yeah, and he was like, I watch your videos. I'm like, oh cool, thank you, and then that's the end of that. And I feel like, oh, should I, should I have talked to him more? I, I would have been fine with that, but it's also like, I don't know, like it, it's weird because I never know what the appropriate way to go about that is. But I, I don't, I don't think I've ever been mean to anybody, uh, or like I, I ever said the wrong thing or anything like that. So, so that's good. No, yeah, it meets like the weirdest thing I ever had happen was well, I probably looked like a freaking freak to begin with, but I was reviewing the iPhone 11, so I was walking through the mall, and I'm like walking like this still down, so it probably mm-hmm. made me conspicuous too. But like as I'm trying to like do steady cam to like show how the image stabilization works, someone goes to me, "Are you rich at Review Tech USA?" And I'm like, "Hi." <laughs> Hi, like, please don't talk to me right now because I'm trying to be yeah. still and take still footage. But like, I was nice to him. But it's uh, it, it's always mm-hmm. 
at the most like – and I've had that happen at a grocery store too where someone's like, oh, let me take a picture with you. It's like I just – I, I mm-hmm. kind of have to take a dump right now, dude. Like, you yeah. know, but it was nice to him. He was a real nice guy and it's nothing against him. But it's always like – like you said, the most inopportune times that someone comes up to you where you're like in your own yeah. little world. You know, mm-hmm. well, I, I always, I always appreciate it. I always think, like, it, it's insane to me that like the the videos have reached so far that like people people who live near me like recognize me, yeah, who I, I, I've never seen before, and I'm like, that is insane. But I'm not, I'm just never prepared for it. I'm always worried whenever like the interaction ends. I'm like, did I come off like a jet, like an asshole or something like that? Me like, too. I'm just always like, I never want to come off like that. But I always feel like because it's like randomly like randomly like interacting with people who like i wasn't expecting like i'm always like oh man i hope i didn't come on because i never mean for that but it's always like i i'm not expecting it i'm also just i i i'm just grabbing groceries there was like yesterday because i was i was finishing up a video yesterday um there was like a scene where i needed like a bowl of chili so i went to wendy's and i ordered two large things of chili and the guy making me chili recognized me, and I was like, "Oh man, I look like a I look like a freak ordering two bowls of chili." He'll understand it later tonight when he watches the video. But, <laughs> but yeah, well, I've done that too, though. Where I'm you're, just like, yeah, <laughs> where you go out and uh, it's just like, man, I'm going out in like sweatpants to rush and do something right now, and and, and it's like, oh, you're rich. I'm like, oh yeah, I look like a slob right now. Yeah. I mean, not too yeah, much different but, than my YouTube videos, but yeah. Mm-hmm. but it's it's never been uh it, it's never been like a bad thing there was like one time where we me and one of my friends um who's like who's starting to kind of get into collecting there was a time over break where we were like hey let's let's uh let's travel around like within an hour of where we live let's like try to find like some cool like uh some retro game game stores or something let's let's try to find stuff and there was one guy who recognized me where he was like super pumped he was super nice or he worked at like the game store. He was just like, "Oh, sweet, like you're Scott and stuff like that." And I'm just like, "Yeah." And like he was just like he was talking to me and like one of his coworkers came in and he was just like, "Oh, you're not going to believe this. It's Scott." And then like the coworker oh, no. just looked at me and he had no clue who I was. And, he's like, and I was like, "I love this. This is amazing. It, <laughs> this is like the funniest thing ever." And I'm sure the guy behind so the counter probably felt awkward because he's like i know who you like and he's like hey look who it yeah. is and it's uh, oh it was so yeah. funny me and me and my friend when we got into the car we just started cracking up because this this guy just looked at me with the blank like look where he was like who is this guy yeah like why are you just, showing like, him was, to me yeah yeah i'm just like i i always expect people to react that way when uh when they see me just act like uh, who who is this guy yeah, but me too. it's uh it, it's always uh I'm always really appreciative of it. Um, thankfully, like I have, I haven't had anybody be like super like malicious towards me or anything like that me online. Either. Yeah, so it's well online. It's, it's, no, I have, but not in real life. Though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, not in real life, definitely, but not online. You know, like you get you get like the comments every now and then that are literally people going like, "Oh, you know, I hate I hate this guy," and you know, like you should be like whatever. But like I, I haven't gotten like any like specific um uh computers asleep again um specific like attacks or anything like that there have been like some weird things here and there where like it feels like a somewhat invasion of privacy but i haven't had like i i usually like i i don't normally comment on stuff i usually kind of like stay away from like social media 
or stuff like that. Smartest but, thing you could do. Yeah. I wish I wish I learned that lesson at your age, but I'm too much of a dumbass. But yes, smartest thing you could I just, do. Whenever I see people on social media just like const like constantly tweet like I've seen people like do like thirty tweets a day and they're like there's retweets thrown in there, there's like quote retweets and stuff like that. And I'm just like the same people who do that are always the people I notice who like have problems getting getting like videos out there and like they just they just don't have like an effective work schedule and i'm just kind of like it's because like you need to you need to get off of social media because it's like it's just it's so distracting and like it's it's so negative half the time dude it consumes you yeah not worth it it's just not worth it um like i see people who get into twitter arguments and i'm just like i could interject but i'm also like don't do it (laughs) it's stupid It's, it's just like there's no point like it's just like you're never you're never going to win in a Twitter argument. I've never really been in one, but it's just like you're never going to win in a Twitter argument. It's not worth it. Like there's there's no reason to do it. As a person who, I mean, I could say even today I was kind of being a prick on, on Twitter. Don't yeah, you're you're <laughs> you're a hundred percent right, man. Because I mean, I've gotten a hell of a lot better. I'm sure people could vouch for me here that I because I used to be. I was on the on the verge of being the next Wings of Redemption, which would have been my own fault. I don't know if you know who he is. If you you your life. Uh, well, I've I've watched I've watched a fair amount of the uh, the down the down the rabbit hole videos. Oh, so you do know? Yes. Um, so I I've, I've I I didn't know of him before then, but I, I know of him now. I was um like going down the same route, and that's what that's what social media could do to you, man. So you mm-hmm. knowing that at so early on in the game for you is a smart thing because if you get caught up in that, it could it could destroy you. And I it mm-hmm. almost destroyed my YouTube channel. So kudos to you for being, you know, you're like smarter, you're wise beyond your years for knowing how terrible that is. There's people that are older than me that don't get that, you know. Well, thank you. So, but it's also it's probably a combination of the fact that I am, I, I I'm like a. I'd say I'm like a weird online introvert where I, I just, I take forever to respond to a text. (laughs) Like it just, because like it takes so much energy for me to just like think of a response and stuff like that. Um, and like respond to messages and stuff like that. And like, I've just never been like a commenter online. I've barely commented on YouTube videos and stuff like that. And I feel really bad because like I see people like there's other like YouTubers and other people who watch my videos who are like super nice and super supportive, but I just feel bad because I never respond to them. And it's not because like, I don't want to, it's always just because like, totally it's understand. just, it's just not how I am. Like, I just, I just generally don't respond to that stuff. Even like before people watch my stuff, I just didn't respond to a ton of stuff. And like, I don't know, like social media, I, I use every now and then, like I'll use it to announce a new video and I'll use it to like throw just a, r- a random tweet. Sometimes if I like, if I have something that I'm kind of like, Hey, I'll just, whatever but i i very rarely may like i don't know like take that next step and just like like i don't know just like go that much deeper into the social media hole um i don't know it's just i just feel like it's it's more trouble than it's worth and it's Mm -hmm. gotten a lot of people into trouble and it's it's gonna distract you from like doing stuff that you want to do and i just i kind of like to keep I kind of like to keep a good amount of my life off of social media, not because like I, I I have anything to hide, but more so because like you just you just don't I, I just don't want to do something just because 
it'll be funny on social media or I want people to see it. So smart. Uh, I, I did. We did. Me and my friends did see the Sonic movie and we went in it in suits. And that was the only thing I've done for social media that I made for well, that's a dumb smart. tweet post. Yes. But <laughs> um, other than that, I generally just kind of want to do stuff in my life because I want to do them and because I think it's it'll be fun instead of doing it thinking, oh, yeah, people on Twitter will find this cool or stuff like that. Because I, I, you're, you're so dead on about that because I remember in 2016 you're talking about like it's screwing up your – I used to be so absorbed in uh, Twitter nonsense and drama and you just – I think back like even if I'm right or even if I prove the person who's starting an argument with me wrong, who gives a matter. shit? Who even, cares? Even then, like the people you're ar- the person you're arguing against, half the time they they just won't they just won't respond, or they'll block you, or they'll just mute you and stuff like that. Or if it's and, a troll, they'll move the goalposts yeah. and just complain about something else about you, so you never mm-hmm. win. Yeah, so it's just like it, it's just completely worthless. It's it's just such a useless. It, it's just such a useless um, use of time that I'm just kind of like I'm going to use this when I think it'll be fun. And I don't think it'll like annoy people or like like hurt somebody's feelings or anything or anything like that. I'm just gonna use this to just throw out random like random things or like if I if I feel like it this would be funny to tweet or if I feel like this would be fun or start a fun conversation or stuff like that, then I'll do it. Or if I have to put out like a new a new video, then I'll tweet about that. But like at, 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 like it's, there's just so many people who just won't get off of social media and i've <laughs> i've so noticed true. i've noticed people have uh have kind of started to transition over to instagram a lot a lot of people have started to because there's less there's not as much arguing on instagram because it's just a picture it's not so. as interact i mean people could leave nasty mm-hmm. comments on there but it's yeah, not definitely. the same shit throwing match that you would have mm-hmm. on on twitter well, even even compared to like I don't know, just like just in terms of like my personal life, in terms of like people who I know from like in person. And I I notice like even like generally like the general people are starting to shift more of the Instagram. I'm seeing more people I know, like people from high school and people from college and family members and stuff like that. More of them, way more of them are just posting their stuff on Instagram compared to Twitter. Like I see way less of like just general people posting on Twitter and, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely not the same with like when you, when you have a YouTube oriented Twitter account, like I do where I see, I see people are constantly using Twitter and I use Twitter to like keep up to date with like news stuff like that with gaming. Um, but I, I see generally people go over to Instagram because I feel like most people are just like, I, I don't want like, they, like they just don't want to open up their phone to just immediate negativity. Because that's what Twitter is a lot of the time. It's just a bunch of people complaining, and I'm and, like, hey, I love I love complaining in my videos, but I also like it to kind of like be bookended with like positivity and just kind of like a good mix, just not not just this consistent whining, you know? Because it also feeds the trolls too, and it is very distracting. That's you know, it does distract you from not even your career. It can distract you from real life, and you get sucked into a drama that means absolutely nothing and has no bearing in anything except just weighing you down. And mm-hmm. I've, I've gotten a hell of a lot better with it. I could be even better. I'm sure some people are going to say that in the comment section and they're right. But yeah, you, that's a smart lesson to learn. So early, like, thank God 
I when I was 22, I was your age that there, this shit didn't exist now because I probably would have imploded because <laughs> I was such a yeah. dumbass back then. <laughs> so the fact that you yeah. know this already, man, you're ahead of the game. So we'll end this with yeah. what are you working on now, Scott? Are you working on something uh, new? Just just the weekly stuff. I generally like to keep uh, keep the stuff out under wraps. Okay. So I mean, I won't I won't say what uh what stuff I got down the pipeline, but uh, it's it's generally just the weekly stuff. I'm excited to I'm excited to get back to the weekly uh, weekly stuff because 2019 it was uh, I, I was running on scene like near the end in December I had to put out like eight videos just because I hold this I hold this stupid just like thing where i'm like oh i have to make 50 official videos every year jesus and uh i was like uh i was like i'm this close in december i got i gotta put it i gotta put out like two videos a week just to make it to that and it was uh i i was tired by the end of that but um um i i had like about a month and a half to just like not do anything so that was super nice so uh i mean i'm excited to get back to the weekly stuff i have a lot of fun i have a lot of fun stuff i really want to make videos about Awesome, man. Good stuff. Well, it was awesome having you on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Well, thank you. Well, thank you for inviting me on. Not- I for for making scripted videos, I always like having an excuse to uh to like just go off the cuff every now and then. It's not my strongest suit, but uh I do I, I like the opportunity to do it every now and then. It's not mine either, so that's why I'm shocked that I actually get to make a living out of it. So, hey. Yeah. (laughs) So, all right, guys. This was Episode 7 of the Exposed Podcast with Scott the Waz. Thank you so much for coming on, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Have a good one. Exposed.